Hello, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 81 of the Archaeologist Podcast, a show where we discuss everything and anything that has to do with Ark Survival Evolved. I'm your host, Sean D. Knight, and with me are a number of players that are here to offer their insights and opinions on the latest topics, strategies, and upcoming features or patches. As I call it, our participants for tonight, say hello to the listeners and how many hours you have in Ark. Rico! Howdy, y'all. I'm up to 4660. And Altadine. 2737. All right. Uh, no leg day this week. He's off on vacation, having himself a jolly good old time. But uh, the Dino TLC Phase 2, it's out, and we're loving the changes, or at least I'm loving the changes. These two jokers haven't checked it out yet. Still have an hour on the download. <laughs> Not to mention, Wildcard has decided to allow non-aberrated Dino versions to be transferred onto Aberration. There's a new YouTube video that's been posted showing more under-map glitches. And a mobile version of the game has been announced. I'd also like to welcome those of you who are now listening to us on iTunes. Yes, this is on iTunes now. But before we get to all that, let's hit up the YouTube comments. Mr. Sully Rock says, Too much cursing. Glad you put the dodo sound in there later. When I hear it, it cracks me up. Yeah, um, Rico, you went off a little last week, didn't you? Yeah, 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 shut up. I'm going to have to eat crow about the, all, the, all the whole aberration thing today anyways, so. <laughs> Repos, Rico spews garbage constantly. Indeed. Uh, Ryby says, I'm a week behind and just listened to this podcast and thought I'd say about the idea of having a diamond, I guess a dimorphodon, that can carry a shoulder, dino that can carry a shoulder mount in aberration. They have one already. It's the Yeti. I it can have a pet on its shoulder. Plus, you you put it on its shoulder with a pet on yours. I assume instead of Yeti, he meant the Bigfoot. Yeah, that's the weirdest thing about the Bigfoot is the fact that you can have a shoulder pet. It can have a shoulder pet, and you can ride it. Yeah, so you got a little mini army right there for you. All right, so uh, Next Generation Gaming took a page out of Drake Vander's book and wrote, A bit of a wall of China this time. Take your time, as I would love to hear all your comments on each of the points. Now, uh, most of these points have to do with our topic for last week, where we are talking about farming resources, and he goes on to write, For hardcore mass berry farming, take a bear to the swamp on the island. I was living in the Redwood, and we had brontos for gathering, and I actually found it faster to haul my bear all the way down to the swamp, and then run back when full, than to use the brontos at the Redwood area. Plus, you don't have that annoyance where the bronto's tail hits something, and aggros it, and then you're screwed, because brontos are only about one step up from diplos, in terms of terms of defending themselves wait what what kind of brontos have you been using next generation games? well sometimes it does take time to kill dangerous things well yeah they're not fast at it and that can really eat into the efficiency but you're still harvesting stuff while you're killing it so it doesn't matter mm-hmm. yeah yeah which can come into a problem if you end up having to run away from the thing as i had to once when i accidentally ag- uh, aggroed an alpharex yep <laughs> had to drop the entire berry load to get away get away oh how did you get away I jumped off a cliff, and it overshot me by far. (laughs) That would do it. Uh, As for other maps, I'm torn between Bronto and Bear. Bears are fast, but if you pump speed into a Bronto, you'd be amazed at how fast it can move. He's not wrong. We did that once as a gag. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Though, yeah, I used to... So, the reason why I don't use Bears for Bear Gathering is because they also gather fiber that quickly slot caps your Bear. So... 
rather just use something that gathers, uh, gathers berries predominantly or primarily rather than anything you know, else. There's an option to switch off different gather like, yeah. in their gathering options because they only with the the gathering uh, harvesting settings are only for while they're on our, when they're not being ridden. So right would be nice. Uh, he goes on to say, "Don't worry about the fact that pumping speed speed means less weight." Bring weight RGs for carrying the berries, which also works really well for gathering other things like meat. Have the birds follow you and not the dino you are riding. This is because when they get stuck inside you so you can't move, it is due to them picking the center of whatever they are following, since following a mounted player makes them think they are following that dino. All you have to do to get them unstuck is to dismount for a second or two, wait for them to fly up and past your face, then remount and continue. This also makes it easy to transfer the resources because you can pull from the Bronto or whatever you are riding, dismount, access the bird inventory while it is flying past, and shove into the bird. When doing this for meat runs, I would usually take two to three birds with me. Yeah? I just had someone following you around on the mobile meat factory. Yeah. (laughs) Well, so when we're talking about farm resources, I'm I'm assuming he's doing this from the the um, perspective of a small and medium tribe that might not have access to quetzals and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for tame and order, I've personally never even seen a tamed horse, much less owned one, so I can't give any input on that. Should try it. You should definitely try it. I they're also... a bit rare to find. They're a bit hard to find on the island. Yeah, surprisingly, that is true. I always go for a theory. Though, as my first team, yeah, I know it takes forever, but if you can find or lure one close enough to your base and get your hands on some veggies, you can down it, put up walls, set up a few timers for feeding and narcs, and then go do some chores around the base, especially if you are at the stage where it is your first team. There will be plenty of things you can do close by while waiting for that thing to tame. Those things have great speed, good stem, and decent enough fighting capabilities to act as your ride-everywhere mount. They also seem to have a unique property in that most aggressive dinos ignore you when riding a, a thero. A thero? I know for a fact absolutely nothing in the swamp will ever attack you except a leech or piranha. I think even colonels leave you alone, but I know rexes and alas will fight you and other theros will also aggro if you get too close. I thought he meant theries, but thero? We shall call them Freddy Fingers from now on. Freddy Fingers. Oh, interesting uh, note that I found about things that do, uh, don't aggro things. Crabs are the absolute most useful underwater dinosaur ever. Nothing cares that they exist. Yeah. Neat. <laughs> I, I, I literally uh, hump, uh, humped a squid's face. Uh, <laughs> is that revenge of some kind? No, it's just the way that they move underwater is by a weird sort of jumpy thing, and I was rebounding off the squid's face. So it kind of looked like I was humping its face. That's what it is. I wonder how how fast uh, Speed Crab is. Hmm. Uh, Reasonably uh, fast. Um, With the uh, Ice Slush thing from the Steampunk mod, uh, my best estimation is it's about equal to uh, to, um, basically a full... It's almost equal to doubling whatever their base speed modifier is. Mm -hmm. So you're talking like a, a a 240 speed crab is amazing at getting around things i mean you, you the running leaps you can take with that thing all right uh he continues they can also hold quite a lot if you don't mind making it a jack of all trades early game thero you can forget about ever needing wood thatch berries or fiber ever again yeah he's got to be talking about the theory there is you know and they are good for luring other things into a taming pen I used mine last time I started from scratch to lure a bear, and it worked wonders, especially since I could use it 
tickle attack to aggro the bear without getting too close to it to get hit, and without dealing too much damage. If you get a bear as your second mount, you'll be golden. You yeah. know, I agree with him that it it's an absolutely amazing tame. The problem is that your average new player isn't going to have enough narcotics to tame one. Mm-hmm. Unless you go for well, even if then. you're restarting from you know having all, and you already have some general knowledge of the game, I could see it working really well. But for an actual new player, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, also, never underestimate rafts, especially on the island. I designed my rafts with an empty base level and everything on an elevated platform, one pillar high. This keeps nasty dinos from being able to reach anything on the top. Rex Carno Allo gets stuck, and you can pike it in the face. Make the top layers 5x5 five five with two tiles taken out on the corner for a two-wide ramp. The ramp is good if it clips through the ground. Otherwise, you'll bug out trying to step in onto it. Use smithies for storage and encase them in a 1x2-3 box on top to keep players out. Put them in the corner to make transporting dinos easier. I know, um, Ulti, when you were doing your, uh, well, and Rico, you both were doing it together. We're raiding and being... Fearsome pirates on the seas on island. Didn't you have a, a large box for bringing in dinos or something like that? It was literally one box. It was, I'd say, five by five, maybe four high. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a small dino gate in the front and a plank off to the side. Yeah. Uh, if the you plank use... off to the side was the crow's nest. And it worked <laughs> amazingly well. Is also how I boarded on uh, enemy rafts. We were called professional pirates. Professional pirates. <laughs> All right. Uh, side note on taming: if it is a carnivore, never underestimate the ability to feed it your own corpse when it, its HP gets low. Low while tranking it, put beds nearby with storage for your gear. Run into the pen and let it kill you. If it doesn't eat the corpse, run in again while carrying your corpse. Especially good for taming bearers. So. I didn't would never feed them my corpse to heal them because I was always afraid that they would uh, despawn while I'm spawning back in. What I would do is I would take an, I have an Arjun nearby with some wild tames, grab one, bring it over to the dino, and feed it that way. Let it kill it and eat. Did that with Rexes, Carnos, a lot of the time with the Rexes because when you're using the um, a bow and trank arrows on a Rex, man. Depends how many times you might kill it. Or at least back in the early days when I was doing it that way. Ah, uh, the crossbow. Counting to five was an absolute necessity. Yeah. Um, he also says, I agree with Rico on melee. I always get high melee. I'm happy at 300, that much melee, plus sword and flak, and you can solo a level 90 plus Rex on foot. Why fight when you can flight? You know, here, here's the thing. I really go above 250, and I know it's actually not the most efficient. 300 really is actually the like the the golden number if you're going to go for melee. But I used to go put on flak armor, take a sword, and if someone uh, if somebody uh, if there was no one on that was wanting to tame the high level wreck, someone just called out. I'd go out and fight it on foot for fun. Mm-hmm. Outside of an alpha, I never ran into anything I couldn't take. Well, except for a 145 Bronto that managed to kill me once. There's this magic point where if you hit someone with your fist and they're naked, they get knocked unconscious. And that's where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Pretty, pretty sure that's 300. Uh, it'll do it. Well, 250, will, uh, 250 will take two, uh, a double tap. So if you've got good internet, you can, pre- uh, you can pull it off. Generally, you want one, though. 
Yeah, one generally is better. 300, like I said, 300 really is the golden number. It, it's the point where if you go any higher, you're actually getting bad, ret uh, you're, you're starting to get um, diminishing returns, so. Mm -hmm. And then finally, for Silk, in mid-game, use Chainsaw on mobs. Brutal, but fun and effective. Uh, that I sounds love, terrible. I love the Chainsaw. Remember all the times... Uh, none of the people that were with me during our uh, during the excursion, one of our early excursions in, into the desert, uh, are here. I, I, I just love data re hearing Data recount the story of me chasing uh, after a flaming par uh, Parasaur with a, with a Chainsaw. Yeah, they were fun. And we always Apparently got a little maniacal. All right, so let's move on to threads and tweets. Uh, one thread from single-sided PCB has a suggestion for chitin armor and some of the other armors. He says, the Arthros exoskeletons made of chitin would you would only make sense that chitin armor would be immune to the acid spit. Would also give a niche use for chitin armor that it desperately needs. As for the polymer reduced damage, acids are, are stored in plastic or glass containers because the acids won't dissolve them. Polymer is a plastic made from obsidian, which is a glass. Makes sense to me. And he means that it takes reduced damage. I also think the tech armor should take even less damage, or none, than Gilead Riot. Because it's made with element. If we can't two-shot dissolve the Overseer with Arthros fit, then Arthros shouldn't two-shot dissolve our tech armor. So I like the, the chitin idea, but making the rest of them immune to the acid spit. Well, here's the thing. It... it... He's got it. He's on the right track, but there's a lot like the type of uh, glass you store acid in very much depends on the type of acid you're storing in it. Same thing with plastics. You, I mean, you can't just take any acid and pour it into any glass and expect that to work because you're going to have a hole in the floor. Mm. It, so you, you got to match it up. You got to know what kind of acid you're talking about. And um, digestive acids are actually one of the more um, interesting ones they're like that's why having an ulcer is bad it's it's not so much that the ulcer itself is bad it's the fact that your stomach acid will leak into your body and you would not believe how nasty that stuff is mm -hmm. it's one of the worst but uh yes chitin armor definitely needs a shtick it doesn't have one it's currently i would call it useless it, it's it's poor man's flat I used to use it in the, you know, I'd wear it in the north for some, uh, for uh, for a lightweight uh, wa warm gear. It's not as I warm as the point. fur, but... I hold my point. Poor man's flack. Yeah, it could really use a niche, and it actually, I actually really do like the idea of it uh, resisting the acid. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we always... I'd even a... say, give it, um, I'd even think, be willing to extend it. It's not really a good justification, but it, it fits with the thematics of it. Making you uh, resistant to most of the poisons, like the Megagura's poison and the uh, Scorp Scorpion and stuff. Not full immune, but resistant. Mm -hmm. I agree. All right, so uh, Muscle Juice wrote a Reddit thread titled Wildcard. It is time for new unbiased devs. And he wrote, once again, we are seeing pocket devs interfering with the game and taking a side in player wars. It's sad to see when developers have relationships with players and extend favors to them that give them the upper hand. In this case, the war on 16 has been going on for days now with periods of downtime, server updates, and random restarts. Now that one side is finally making a push with over 45 people online to end it, the following happens. Uh, seeing screenshot, which I believe somebody asked wildcard zane to restart the server and he did during the fight when the push was happening and then it is time for wildcard devs to make another stand against their own employee and stop this dev abuse 
this was apparently the same gym that was responsible for the god rexes Mm, is it was it zane it's in the comments oh i missed that but uh jet did reply to this and he said so to provide some context to what's going on here a developer was looking into a bug report on a server and in addition to receiving reports about it more than the chat log implies noticed that the performance was really bad 500 ms delta and locked at two and a half frames per second a decision was taken to restart the server and continue investigating the bug this was a mistake. The team knew better when looking into reports, and we sincerely apologize for any losses suffered because of this. There are going to be times when developers are online on the official servers looking into reports and bugs that are affecting the game. However, it is very important that their presence has minimal impact on what is actually happening on those servers. Going forward, we'll be making some changes to our processes internally to be more strict and ensure that our actions and investigations are not having such an impact on our official network. We really want to avoid situations where our presence can affect active gameplay. Unfortunately, we are not able to reverse the outcome un- or undo what has or undo what was done. But we are going to do everything we can to prevent mistakes like this from occurring in the future. I just don't buy that. Mm-hmm. So uh, the conversation did continue a little bit with uh, Golden Gonzo replying to Jet saying, "Did the GM literally not join the server for two seconds before resetting it and taking a player on their word?" This should be very simply. Is there a fight going on? Yes. Then we wait. Server is at 70-70, and the GM doesn't even think to look to see what the situation is. This is either massive incompetence or massive corruption. This is nothing new. GM's taken sides. You've apologized before. You stated it won't happen again before, and it still happened, just as it will happen after this. And Jack did reply to this, saying, They were on the server for a while before it was decided to be reset. As I said, it was a mistake and shouldn't have happened. People do make mistakes, and they deeply regret their actions. Though we know as a studio we can avoid this occurring in the future by putting additional precautions in place. End of discussion. You know, these conversations just aren't the same without leg day. <laughs> Someone yeah, has to yeah, defend neither this of us dumb hold garbage. Uh, nobody, no, nobody to even make an attempt to defend them. Well, Rico, I mean, maybe, maybe the... The GM just didn't know what was going on after searching the server. Maybe he wasn't in the right spot to see a war was going on. Yeah, I'm sure. He, uh, <laughs> I'm sure they hired a GM who needs a drool cup staple to his lip. <laughs> so yeah, I it's hard for me to throw all this explanation because the fight had been going on for a long time. Yeah, the server's been having a lot of troubles, but the second a major push is being gone is happening you know zane gets a message from one of the players saying, hey maybe you should restart the server and he just automatically says okay and then immediately does it without checking come on it's a it's a hard pill to swallow are you shocked i mean this is the crap we have seen for years mm-hmm. yep all right so uh moving on umber zero zero one zero says today i learned orion sun is officially working for a wild card and he writes february 5th 2018 Orion Sun, cre- creator of Structures Plus, among other mods, updated the suggestion thread to say that to say this: I am not adding any new features to any of my mods for Arc. As such, there is no reason for you to suggest new things to add. Then said, I now work for Wildcard and do not have time to spend making mods. Note: bugs that arise from Arc updates will still be fixed. Just thought I'd bring it up since it means that we might actually get S Plus inter- integration soon. Now, uh, Arc Triangles, who is Orion's son, did reply to this, saying, Orion's son here. 
While I can't speak about my work at Wildcard, I would like to clear up a few things. One, I have been actively modding ARC for nearly two years, nearly a year of which I was sponsored. During that time, I was also working a day job. While the extra money was nice, it was also an extreme burden, especially because modding doesn't really have set hours. If I pushed a patch and it was causing crashes, I would stay up all night working on fix fixes, cancel plans, etc. Many people talk very negatively about me, and when you pour so much of your life into something, that kind of negativity wears you down. In terms of total user base, it's a small percentage, but every single update would be met with massive negativity. 2. A mod like S Plus is much more intensive to develop than many other types of mods. Compared to mods like Eco's Decor mods, which contain very little blueprint and are comprised of non-essential structures, S Plus permeates nearly every aspect of people's daily playtime. Not many people lose their stuff when their tree isn't right or their fish swims weirdly in their aquarium, but boy do they go crazy if they can't snap a wire to another wire or if the pull system is non-functional. I want to be clear, I'm not taking a shot at Eco here. The complexity of a mod has nothing to do with its entertainment value and clearly Eco's mods add a lot to the game, but if you compare our comment sections, people are much less forgiven when something goes wrong with S+. 3. There are not endless things to add to the mod. I still have a short list of things I would like to add, but they are not structures that would radically alter gameplay and that's why they are not in the mod. I pushed out a ton of content in January, 8 updates, and that included a lot of changes I felt were crucial to the mod and should be included before I ran out of free time. These updates were not required by an outside force. The only reason I did so much in January is that I take pride in my work and I wanted to leave S Plus in the best shape I could. 4. In regards to the people doubting whether I will fix bugs or not, or not, only time will tell, but shortly after I was hired, there was an ARC update that messed with electrical cables, and even though I was very busy, I still got that update out, even though I was no longer sponsored and thus had zero financial incentive to do that, except I care about the players using my mod despite what some think. I feel I have been extremely proactive in fixing critical issues in the past, and I don't see that changing. I haven't fixed every bug in the mod, and while I would like to, it's not always a straightforward process. I am far from a master with uh, Unreal Engine 4 or the Arc Dev Kit, but I do my best. 5. It's not really clear that no more content updates is a negative. Every single update I made, there would be multiple people complaining about me adding cheat structures or things that don't match the playstyle and long for the day when the updates stop. Maybe they are in the majority and it's a net positive that no more content is coming. There is also a percentage of the user base that loses all their structures after an update. There are at least some benefits to the mod not having monthly content updates. All that said, modem was a fun ride while it lasted, but I am very glad to get a break from it. Whew. If he's uh, updating, uh, he, just making sure the mod still, you know, updated to the point of functionality, the this condition it's in right now, it's by far one of the most in-depth and workable mods I've ever seen. And if you're Here's the thing about the new items. It took me, like, I have, I had no idea how to uh, how to actually, you know, like, remove an engram or alter the INI file to prevent a uh, something from a mod from being added to the game. And an item got added in Steampunk that has a tendency that once you use it, it breaks the server until you reset. Um, so I had to learn how to remove an engram and block its access from, uh, from in-game. Take a wild guess at how long it took me to actually learn what I needed to do to do this. And mind you, I had to actually go into the files and figure out what the blueprint, uh, what the blueprint, act, uh, what the blueprint spawn access command was. 
myself. It the mod author didn't tell uh, didn't tell me. I had to actually figure out how to find that stuff. And mm -hmm. this to save the trouble of guesswork, ten minutes. Well, was everything just well labeled? Not particularly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can imagine if it was particularly poorly labeled, it would take you a little bit longer. But once I did it the first time and figured out what I was looking for. I mean, now I know the, how the directory structure of the mod. Uh, now that I know how the directory structure of the mod works, the explanation that's actually on the Arc Wiki, which is normally not the most useful explanations, they sort of assume you have a basic knowledge that you often don't have. Mm -hmm. Once you learn the mod directory st structure system, it's actually pretty easy to follow those directions. So it looks daunting at first, and a lot of people are very nervous about messing with I and I files because. You can really break things if you screw it up. It, it's nowhere... Never test your first try on a live server. Create your own dedicated server for the afternoon and try uh, and, and just screw around with the INI files there. Trust mm -hmm. me, you can remove any item you don't want to have from a mod in your game. You can rem remove any item you don't want to have from the base game in your, uh, uh, in your game. I'm going to put it this. The guy made S+. It's probably one of the best mods out there that I've seen. And they're integrated into the live game. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm happy to see that this is going to be in the live game. And I, from what I've seen, he's done a good job. You don't get many complaints about S Plus compared to other mods. Um, oh, he seems to. I'm, to be fair, to like, um, I, I once turned on my my uh, my dedicated server that I have set up so I can test things for the pri oh, for the pri oh, for uh, the gaming app server. And when I logged in, all of my structures were gone. <laughs> and if I had immediately gone and started writing a comment right then, like I was tempted to, it would have been really mean and really negative. But I went, I'm going to read through and see uh, and see if he's already answered my question first. And he had, and I calmed the hell down. Really, the negativity is because some people don't take the time to think about what they're saying before they actually say it. They're just running on emotion, and that's never a good way to react. What? <laughs> no. So it's been what six months since the Wildcard announced that they were bringing Structures Plus to the game. Why do I feel like this is suddenly dynamic length bridges all over again? Uh, I would They're at least probably... put it this way: they hired someone to do it this time. Mm, true. There is that, but they're also probably debating what they're actually going to add from S Plus because they're right. Like, I mean, there are a lot of things that would make a, like if they just implemented S Plus fully, I I would be fine coming back to officials <laughs> because that wild card? let's go a lot of the quote-unquote cheat things that they add they're not so much cheat as you would think they just allow you to circumvent the normal rules of the game like uh one of the tech structures called the mutator lets you breed normally unbreedable creatures it can have some somewhat um unpredictable responses if the creature doesn't actually have a uh pre-made baby cycle such as the rock drake or the wyvern because uh, if you make two rock drakes after using the uh, mutator, just for reference, every time you use the mutator, it lets out this pulse of energy that uh, affects everything in the range for six hours. Costs 10 element per use. If you want to, say, switch the gender of some of your dinosaurs, you have to move them to a separate location, spend 10 elements on the pulse, then bring them back to the, loca uh, the location. If you're going to want to uh, use another pulse to increase your chances of getting some kind of mutation, so there's 20 element you just used for one breeding now let's say you're doing it with a, a rock drake this is gonna be fun the baby's gonna pop out 
It's going to give a live birth for some reason. Or my personal favorite went to Basilisk, where it fell through the floor, and two days later, a noob on our server found our wild Basilisks unclaimed, strolling about uh, uh, the caves. Oh, you got a couple new Basilisks. Yeah, that was that. Well, luckily they didn't. Uh, they got killed before they could claim them. I, I I went running down there and found them because there's no indicator or anything because the basilisks don't have any kind of baby animations or mm -hmm. baby cycle. So there's no way of knowing that the that the basilisk was pregnant. There's no <laughs> timer bar. There was nothing like that. And at the end of the uh, at the end of the pregnancy, a full grown adult popped out. <laughs> but I don't get it. They drop basilisk eggs. So, but why can't we breed them? I don't know. Same thing with the crabs. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's move on. So a little exploit for Raiders seems to not have been fully fixed or taken care of by Wildcard. Uh, according to the Eternal Flux, he said using pipes to line of sight turrets is still a thing. And he writes, I believe the wires, etc., were fixed so you weren't able to place them near structures or line of sight with them. Our bear cave on center was just raided by using pipe intersections and incline slash verticals to line of sight the turrets. Wanted to bring this to your attention. Jad did reply simply saying, we'll have the team look into this. So, uh, yeah, be on the lookout for that little ploy still being used if it turns out to be true. Go now, figure. <laughs> yeah, go figure. Now, for consoles, there seems to be a tribe change name bug still ongoing. Uh, when asked on Twitter, Jen simply replied saying, there's a bug right now with console. It won't be able to be fixed on console until the next patch. Which patch that is, I don't know. But uh, yeah, it seems to be on Xbox and possibly PS4. I'm not sure about the PS4. So uh, yeah, that sucks. For us, it's I think it was two days before you can change your tribe name again on PC. And then Moses the Red put up a lengthy, lengthy post saying, Advice for small and medium-sized tribes, part one, what's important. Very well thought out. I thought it was very interesting. I suggest you guys read it. Uh, his introduction, he wrote, This is a series of posts I tend to put up over the next few days about how to arc properly in a small or medium-sized tribe. Think four to ten members. This size is probably the most interesting and fun group size in ARC, as you're big enough to be noticed by the big tribes, big enough to have stuff that you care about losing, but not big enough to really throw your weight around and secure safety by taking over your server and becoming alpha. Uh, we've offered a lot of tips, tricks, and advice for small, medium tribes. I would suggest checking out some of our older episodes. Though, if you're on iTunes, you're not going to see the older episodes. I've only started posting up from episode, I think, 72 and up, because... Uh, most of the older episodes aren't properly edited, aren't properly censored, they don't have the intro music and things like that. It just wasn't proper, uh, properly fleshed out. But um, yeah, he talks about tribe mates, what's important, uh, economies, which is always good, being economical with your time and being able to harvest resources, which once again, listen to last week's episode, which was episode 80, where we talked about farming resources as efficiently as possible. So uh, yeah, he did a pretty good job. The link for that post, for those of you who are interested in checking it out, will be in the video description below on the YouTube channel. Unfortunately, I have very limited space and word count for what I can post on iTunes, so the links to these aren't going to be available. You'd have to come to YouTube and check them out. Now, a new YouTube video has been posted uh, showing under map glitches 
and just showing a lot of the uh, areas where you can still glitch into the map to under map or build under the map if you wanted to. This video was tweeted to Jet who replied, thanks, we'll review to see if there's more we need to tackle from here. We're working on fixes for a number of methods right now and this upcoming patch will take care of some holes that exist across all maps. And by this patch he means version 279 which just launched today. Uh, Tuesday, which we record every Tuesday. So hopefully those patches or those uh, areas have already been patched, but you never know. And for those of you who are building in those areas, protect yourselves as best as possible. Now, here's something nobody expected. Arc Survival evolved on mobile devices. So this is going to end hor horribly. <laughs> so Wildcard on their official website posted... We're very excited to announce that the world of Ark Survival Evolve is coming to mobile. Thanks to the efforts of veteran mobile developer Wardrum Studios, the team behind the mobile versions of Bully, Grand Theft Auto, and Aralex, or Aralux, gamers will be able to join the massively multiplayer survival experience that is Ark right from their mobile devices. Designed and developed by Wardrum Studios, Ark Survival Evolve Mobile is free to play and puts the Dinotainment adventure in the palm of your hand letting you join forces with tens of thousands of other mobile survivors. This on-the-go version of ARK features the online survival experience contained in the PC and console versions of ARK, including a gigantic island to explore, 80-plus dinosaurs and primeval creatures to tame and train, multiplayer tribe mechanics, and of course, crafting and building. Features that the mobile version includes includes taming, uh, discovering or unearthing rare blueprints and explorer notes, Crafting and building, plant, harvest, build, level up and customize everything visually and functionally. Play alone or team up to survive. And you can also have a tribe or join a tribe. Uh, they go on to write, while maintaining the true ARC experience players have come to know and love, this mobilized version of the game has been completely adopted for adapted for handheld touch devices, allowing for the ultimate survival experience on a mobile device. This includes faster-paced gaming, a unique user interface, and a specialized control setup developed specifically for the mobile game. The mobile version also offers optional upgrades survivors can acquire using special in-game resources that will allow players to progress faster, obtain certain buffs for periods of time, build special crafting structures, and even bring your beloved teams back from the dead. Yeah. My you can... phone battery. No. <laughs> you can pre-register now to stay in the know with the mobile version of Arc Survival Evolved. Keep informed about the beta, release date, special offers, and more. There may even be some day one in-game bonuses thrown into the mix for those survivors that pre-register. So yeah, this was developed by Wardrum Studios. Wildcard did not develop this at all, by the way. Does that mean it's going to work or not work? I don't know. I don't. I didn't play uh, Bully or Grand Theft Auto on mobile, so I can't attest to any of that. Uh, they were they were a fairly well ported. Uh, I mean, when I say fairly well, I mean like actually, they were really well ported. Mm -hmm. hmm. War, uh, Wardrum, the Wardrum's good at what they do. Um, I don't see them taking on a job they don't think they can tackle. Right. At the same it moment, um, I I don't know. This just seems like it's. I don't understand how they are going to accomplish this. Yeah. And it's free to play, which is going to be interesting. That means pay to win? Probably. I mean, where was it? Um, you can even bring your beloved teams back from the dead? Yep. Mm -hmm. Surprised mm -hmm. I haven't put that in Wildguard yet. Or uh, in the PC version yet. Obtain certain buffs for periods of time. 
<laughs> All right. I would try it out myself, but I don't have a smartphone that can handle it. And I do any of you guys have a mobile device capable of trying? I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> what what is required? I don't know. I think somebody said it requires an iPhone eight oh. or higher. I have no idea. <laughs> No, I'm not paying a thousand dollars for a cell phone. Thank you. <laughs> and finally, um, on the official at Survive the Arc Twitter account, they announced tune into twitch.tv slash Unreal Engine tomorrow at nine thirty AM Pacific Standard Time. And by tomorrow I mean uh Wednesday the twenty first of March. Uh for the at Epic Games State of Unreal keynote at GDC twenty eighteen. Featuring a very special ARC announcement from our very own Jeremy and Jesse. What kind of announcement do you think they're going to make? Something they think is a, hor- uh, a wonderful idea that the rest of us will think is horrible. Wow, Arc that two. was a non-answer. Yeah, I know. ARC 2, new DLC. So, leg day things, I bet they announced they are porting the game to the new engine and everyone loses their mind. Like they said that? Yeah, in our Discord channel, which you guys can join. You miss a lot, Ulti. You miss a lot. Look, look, the general channel is just a spew of memes at it's not this a, point. It wasn't in the general channel. It was in the Arc Dev Say What channel. Oh, well, you're reading the bottom. I'm currently looking at the podcast section that says what we're going to discuss. <laughs> so I <laughs> well, can actually be relevant. just got tweeted out before, just before we started recording, so I had to add that in. And you remember what I said when you asked me if I wanted to be part of the podcast today? <laughs> Yes, but I cannot repeat that. No, because there would be Dodo Town. <laughs> so that's his theory. They could be S plus finally being well no, because well, maybe. I wouldn't to... see that that doesn't mm-hmm. seem like a big announcement. A big announcement is going to be a DLC, Arc two, uh, Arc Two on the new engine. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe a generally... release date for extinction then? Who cares about extinction? They do. They want to make money. <laughs> is, I know isn't that we what the... don't care about extin- extinction, but they care about extinction. Isn't isn't that what the mobile platforms for? Well, after the uh, <laughs> I mean the the extinction uh, DLC. I mean after Av, I'm kind of excited about what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. It's going to well, be just like going from legacy to new servers, except new servers would be Arc Two. Well, Wildcard's not going to get any money from the mobile version because they didn't develop it. He's going to go straight to their Chinese. Uh, oh. Bull, bull, you're telling me there aren't any royal PPs in there? I doubt it because bull. it's all under the same umbrella of the same corporation. That money and royalties will go straight to, uh, I forget the name of the Chinese company that owns Wildcard. It's going to go straight but, to them. But the Chinese company that owns Wildcard also gives back money if need be for future development. Eh, I don't know. I don't think uh, Wildcard will see any pieces of the buy for the mobile version. I, I think you're looking at it long way it's not seeding the current piece of the pie it's that when there needs to be pie eaten in the future that they uh, could get yeah, some i guess so cash all right flow. cash flow yes all right then let's move on to patch notes uh, once again patch 279 is out and with it it brought the dino tlc phase two so Argentavis. It received a model update, animation update, texture update, and some no new abilities. It can now carry two creatures. The C button grabs and releases creatures with the beak. The right click mouse button grabs and releases creatures with the claws. 
It gets a health regen buff from consuming corpses. The saddle acts as a mobile crafting station, and it's reduced the weight of various resources by up to 50%. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's no uh, origins on Aberration, so I can't tell you how great this looks or how useful it's going to be, but these are some really great changes for the bird. <laughs> If you want to host the podcast on your island server, let us know. <laughs> now, the Pariser, it's received a sound tweak and some new, new abilities. It did not get any updates to it visuals. Uh, it's got the alarm mode, which can be put in turret mode and checked for nearby threats. Notifies you audibly and visually when threats are present. It can scare small, small creatures. You press C when ridden, which will scare away smaller mid-creatures. Toggle for alarm mode to have it automatically do it. You can scan or can trigger a scan by right-clicking when ridden, and it will scan for nearby threats and notifies you visually when threats are present. So, uh, yeah, when you it does its echolocation thing, you'll see text at the top of your screen saying have detected an enemy threat. And then you'll also see a red blip on your monitor in the area of where it detected said wild dino, player tame, player or player tame dino. And you can set that to um, scan for all threats or scan for players only or scan for players and di- tamed dinos as well. Though that doesn't seem to be working properly because I was testing it and um, we we're built above a cliff. So there's a, a large area of r- directly underneath our base. And I was right clicking to do the echolocation and it was detecting an enemy threat right below us, which happened to be just a wild raptor. So I switched it to players and tame dinos, tried it again, but it was still picking up the raptors. Then switched it to players only and the echolocation was still picking up the raptors. So that might not be working properly right now. Still, though, love it. And uh, we're starting our Parasaur bloodline as well to make these more useful. The Raptor is also in the TLC. He received a model update, animation update, texture update, and some new abilities. His pounce ability, which you press C to pounce on a target, pins small targets through the ground for short periods, press C to attack repeatedly, and then the pack buff increases damage resistance, increases, increases movement speed, increases attack speed, which lasts for 45 seconds. Now, I got to say, really loving the Raptor now. Really loving it, especially that pounce. I uh, was stupid, and I was on my Ravager and attacked a level 15 Raptor, and it pounced and pulled me right off of the Ravager and grabbed me and put me down to the ground for a short period of time. I was like, oh, no, I forgot it did this. And I couldn't pull out my shotgun to shoot it or anything. I was just pinned. So we're testing it right now in PvP to see how useful it's going to be. But I'm really digging the Raptor changes. The Sarko got a model update, animation update, texture update, and some new abilities. It's I When it idles, it's with the mouth open now. It's death roll, grabs its target, and rolls dealing damage and disabling them. The lunge can lunge towards a target in front of it. It has a 180-degree attack, which means it spins in place to attack foes behind it. Um, It allows friendly humans to walk on and stand on its back. It's useful in the water. You can move them to surface and use it as as a raft. Uh, Maintains its current depth when swimming, can lurk just below the surface. Piranhas will flee when they encounter a Sarko. Includes nearby ally Sarkos for players. Now, we've already seen it pull a couple of our tribe mates off of their spinos so that's interesting to know hmm. 
So another dino that'll pull you off of your dino and uh, grab you and do some damage to you. So Ark's getting a little more dangerous to walk around. And then finally, well, not finally, actually. Uh, second to last, the trike received a model update, animation update, texture update, and some new abilities. The ram ability, which it'll charge up for a short period. Longer it's charged, the faster it goes. Stuns target when hit. Knocks small dinos away while charging. Uh, the rivalry buff, which gives a buff when nearby to large carnivores. Increases damage output slightly. Decreases damage taken slightly. Increases health by 10%. And then finally, the Spino receives a model update, animation updates, texture update, and some new abilities. The water buff. Given when in water, bonus movement speed, bonus turning radius, bonus attack damage, bonus healing persists for a short period after leaving the water. They added in the biped slash quadruped toggle, which is the C button. Uh, biped gives it stronger attacks and it can turn in place. The quadruped, faster moving speed, and it prefers prime fish for taming. I have to say, the Spino is really dangerous and really, really good now. It is so fast in its quadruped form. And uh, when it's in its biped form, larger attack radius and it does quite a bit of damage. In fact, it's been doing very well collecting polymer from the crab. It's almost double, collecting double the amount it normally did prior to this TLC patch. Fantastic. Spinos needed some love. Yeah. Don't worry, Rico's going to be very insufferable from now on. Yeah, I probably will once I get to see them. How is that? I was really, really hoping to be able to give people a live reaction, but I'm I'm still three gigabytes out. Yeah, this is a, what, a 12.3 gigabyte update? And that's because uh, they did some hole fixes for Aberration, the center, the island. They did a Ragnarok update, uh, streaming bounds fixed to help with memory, fixed multiple holes, bug beacons, and floating foliage, better lighting around LL Dungeon, and then they fixed an issue where Griffin feather colors appeared to be default in single player. And that's pretty much it for the patch notes. However, they did write saying that going forward, that's it for this update, guys. We hope you enjoy the new changes, and we can't wait to see your feedback. As mentioned previously, we're targeting a console release for this update in mid-April, and we'll keep you posted about more accurate release dates once we get closer to submitting the patch. We'll need a bit more time to work on Primitive Plus. It'll have the missing engrams for the DLC, as well as the latest Dino TLC's content in an upcoming patch. Now that TLC number 2 has been released, we'll be turning our focus more directly on to bug fixes and quality of life improvements for the core game in the weeks ahead. Going forward, we'll be... trough. <laughs> Going forward, we'll be consolidating the patching process on PC. We'll, we will be leaning heavily on regular Tuesday or Wednesdays if needed deployments unless critical fixes require patches outside of that regular patch day. These will become collective weekly bug and quality of life patching updates. So yeah, no more TLC uh, updates or changes in the near future. wonder if they're just waiting for feedback on what they've already done. I think they've, well, they've been getting immediate feedback for all these TLC patches and bug reporting Ooh. as well. Long-term feedback. Yeah, true, true. But uh, yeah, it's kind of sad to know that they're not going to be doing any more TLCs. I want my uh, Moth TLC changes to go through. It, it's it's okay. Arc 2's coming out soon. <laughs> It'll be it'll be out a month after Extinction is released. It'll be pay to play. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Pay to play Arc One. That's the oh. that's the announcement change. Oh, oh man! I think there would be a riot. I think it'd be great though. I don't people know. who have the secondary and third accounts. 
I don't know. I can't see this game going free to play. Not right now. Maybe in another year or so. Still, you, I. How long did it take for Elder Scrolls Online to go free to play after it was originally paid? Was it? I have only six months. I have no idea. Most MMOs aren't making it at all. The only one that's still making it is WoW, and that's because it has its player base. Yeah. And Final Fantasy fourteen, I think, is still running well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, it's had a resurgence, actually, over the past yeah, so, year or so. So other than that, those are the only MMOs I can think of that are in good standing and paid to play. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. If they announce free-to-play at GDC tomorrow, the... the no, oh, I hate to think what the feedback and the response oh, no. from the community not, would be. Not free to play, pay to play. Oh, pay to play? Yeah. Ew, God, no. Okay, then I'm done playing this game. I think it would be great. I think that's when I finally go to unofficial and Hank would be happy. That would make me sad. <laughs> you can't just leave me like this. Sorry. Hasta la vista. All right. Rico, if Sean leaves, I need you to come back. <laughs> I don't want to. Who knows? <laughs> Whoa, that wasn't an overwhelming no. I'm a little shocked. <laughs> Next topic. So, it is now time to devour some crab cakes of chat as we walk down Arc Avenue. So, uh, yeah, Aberration. How long has Aberration been out? Four, five, six months now? Time flies oh. when you're having fun. Uh. <laughs> So uh, I think we spent enough time to talk a bit about the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, Altadine, you are not a fan of this map. I I just, I've never taken the time to learn it, and I really don't want to. It, it just, like, I went, tried to go mining the other day and died to fungal spores. I, I mean, <laughs> could I have eaten mushrooms to save myself? Yes, I absolutely could have. But Did it you just avoided the mushrooms in the first place? No. Why not? It was It was unavoidable. It was unavoidable. I didn't realize I had to put the Anki down before getting onto it to ride. <laughs> this is how much mining I've done on Aberration. Yep. <laughs> Grub does it for me. I just build things. I just build things. So um, we briefly talked about Aberration. We de- certainly talked about Aberration when it first came out, you know, and a little bit after we went through our honeymoon phase. But, uh, Say still beautiful map, very challenging, which I love, and um, the best map for mining metal, in my opinion. Oh, jump off a cliff! <laughs> That's absolute garbage. A no, quetzal with body bags is better. If you're a lo- one of the lucky tries to build, be able to build in the blue zone, you'll be drowning in metal because there's so many metal nodes in the blue zone. Yes, with a crab. Yeah. With a crab. It's a, it's an absolute, it's it's janky, the jumps never go the right direction. It I just, can't help it's it if you don't know nightmare. how to use a crab. I can't help it that I'm handicapped. What do you want? <laughs> uh, it, it just, it, no. <laughs> just no. <laughs> I would take a quest any day over a crab. I'm hmm. sorry. No. I, I don't know, because I think... Using a crab against a Quetzal on another map, the crab is going to win. Not with body bags. We used body bags in Aberration 2. Yeah, it took four people. Well, we brought one person for guarding us. We brought one guy to ride the Pariser. And then we just put two guys on crabs and Ankies to quickly mine all the metal and fill up the body bags. It took us, what, an hour, hour and a half to fill up both body bags with metal? 
Yeah, and I used to take grub on three-hour flights through Scorched Earth, your point. Three hours on Scorched Earth. Hmm. Uh, we also were on the crap side of Scorched Earth, my little fuck. <laughs> you gotta give me that. Do I? Do I really have to? I, I think I'm no, forcing no, you. No, I don't think I have to. No, no. So, um, one of the bad things, obviously, are the, the drops on Scorched Earth. The, the cave drops are pretty decent. The surface drops are very good. But the regular drops on the map itself have the visual distance of underwater sea drops where you're basically got to be almost on top of them to see them. They don't have, you can't see them from a far distance at all, which is one thing that the wildcard devs really need to change because when people need to transfer off and they don't have access to a terminal or an obelisk terminal because those are all on the surface and it's a death wish to try and do that. See, I completely disagree with you. I'm glad you can't see the drops. The point is to not be able to easily transfer off. You're well, on a high difficulty help me when I'm, a dro- when I'm out drop hunting. Well, the point is it's supposed to be hard. It, it's it's already difficult because of the verticality of the map. It makes it already hard to spot them. But you could just take your wonderful crab out there that you seem to love so much. No, I'd go on a Ravager or on a Rock Drake. Well, that sounds like your problem, because if you just took a crab, you could jump and see everything. <laughs> God, you are so crabby. So... Did you just pun? I don't know what you're talking about. Now, recently the Plant Z got a nerf, which was a long time in coming. And this was pointed out by a fluffy cow who wrote, Thanks to everyone complaining about it, Wildcard has finally nerfed one of the coolest aspects of Aberration, the Z plant. And he quotes, Plant Z healing effectiveness reduced to 0.5% HP per second for players and 0.33% HP per second for dinos with a cap of 80 this is down from what I believe was about 3% per second and no cap. To whoever complained about the Z-Plants, thanks for ruining, ruining this for everyone. A much better solution, in my opinion, since the server knows the exact time-specific dinos were uploaded and downloaded. Make it so that the Z-Plants healing effects only work on dinos that have been on the server for at least 48 hours. This removes the overpowered buff for attackers who just hop on with everything all at once and gives a helpful advantage to defenders. And this was pretty much the primary reason why the Plan Z nerf was incoming. Yeah, because, PvP. Yeah, well, not PvP, but PvE, because they were coming with the Rock Drakes, tanked the uh, turrets until the Rock Drake was almost dead, quickly go back to a uh, Plant Z, and within a minute, the Rock Drake would be fully healed, go back, drain, and rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat until all the turrets were drained. Use another tell- Rock Drake. You're telling me that it's all about the Rock Drake, Versus the stego that heals in 33 seconds to walk right back up to your base again. Okay, but the rock drake is a lot faster mobile-wise, and the stego will take longer. Not to mention, if you want to use a stego on an aberration, you're going to need to couple it with a crab to get it to a lot of the bases that it wouldn't normally be able to get to on its own. Either way, either way, you're talking 30 seconds, full life, whatever dino. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. This guy yeah. sounds like a PvPer. It's quite clear. <laughs> so, it takes about five minutes now to ta- or to fully heal a dino with twenty four thousand HP with the plant disease, rather than like thirty seconds to a minute. You know, it's a big difference, but is it big enough for the PvEers who like to offline raid? Not really, but it is kind of a step in the right direction. I do like his uh, idea of making it so that for the first. For at least 48 hours, a dino that had just been transferred onto the server cannot be healed by plant disease. That would be great. 
I don't know if there's a counter that watches that though. Why not? If you got a counter in the for the transfer system itself, they can certainly do this. Yes, I agree. I just don't know if there is one at this point. They'd have to make another uh, one or extend the one that exists. Right. And that's going to break at some point, some way. So. True, true. Also, a PSA. So I think it was last week or the week before we found out that you cannot download Aberrant Divers or Bigfoot's Back to Aberration. This is still a problem. And according to Jet, he says it should be addressed in an upcoming bug fix patch following the release of TLC 2. So who knows when that'll be. Hopefully it'll be next week, Tuesday. But I'm not holding my breath. So for those of you who transferred your Dire Bears and Bigfoots off of Aberration, you still won't be able to bring it back. Also, uh, there might be a bug where you can make your Reaper immune to charge. And um, so essentially the OP said, or by the name of Stuart J. Jones said, one, leave Reaper next to Plant Z and Crop Plot. Two, leave Render Range. Three, come back with a Lantern Pet on and the Reaper won't be affected. Now one of our tribe mates attempted this and seemed to work perfectly except he then got it stuck under the mesh somehow by burying it and it stuck but yeah uh immunity to light charge seems to be a thing so be on the lookout for that now uh one of the things i thought interesting about aberration was taming the dinos on there obviously there's some advantages such as for megalos one of the things you should be making a primary thing to tame because unlike on all the other maps, during the daytime, it doesn't go to sleep. So it stays awake. And they're really good to have. I just tamed my uh, my first Megalo on uh, uh, on the island recently. And oh, wow, the difference. <laughs> and you can find sheep everywhere. So it's really easy to tame carnivores. Especially on a times two, during a times two event. Really yeah. easy to tame them. And they're break lowy sheep. Yeah. Now, here's something interesting I read. And this was from smashing crabs who said from what i've been told not by dev or anything so i don't know if it's true but seems to be aberration teams have a higher chance of getting higher melee and melee mutations but they also have lower chance of good hp and hp mutations now the reason i believe it's true is because in our first week of breeding spinos we got three melee mutations the week after that we got two melee mutations on omegas and we've never got an HP mutation since, and for the most part, get junk HP stats from Tames. Day 3 on Aberration, and we mutton tamed a 130 Spino and got 54 points into melee. I can't remember the last time I've tamed anything with 54 points in a stat, so it certainly seems to be true. That also seems to be the case for us, because quite a f- number of the dinos I've tamed have had high melee. My first high-level Shinehorn tame was has 54. Or 54 points into melee, or I think it's the um, em- emission range, I guess would be the equivalent for the charge pets. Uh, there were also some other downs I got some really high damage percentages on. My first Diabara I tamed, 51 points into melee. I had a bulb dog that was killed in a raid, 54 points into melee. Then I got a raptor with 48 points into melee, not as high, but pretty high up there for the tames I've been doing. So I think there is some validity to this and would make Aberration an ideal map for breeders, if this is true. So another bonus for Aberration players there. We just need to work on Ankies. Yeah, I I wish we had Dialog Kibble, but we can't bring that in now. We just got to get it from other servers. All right, I have to do some trading because we really got to get our Anki board lined up and going. But then again, doesn't really matter now because according to the official arc twitter at survive the arc 
They wrote or announced PC Survivors. The latest patch opened up transfers for the non-Avarin version of creatures to be transferred onto Aberration. For example, both Pariser and Avarin Pariser can be transferred on Aberration servers. So, that just threw all our work out the window for breeding on Aberration. Because they're not the same... Okay, so they're only allowing you to transfer things that are have an Aberrant version. Yes. But they're still separate species and cannot crossbreed. I believe so. So... Now they've just wiped out all the work of aberrant breeders because we've only had, what, four or five months to do these bloodlines, whereas everybody's had a year to do these bloodlines? Sweet. Did, did they just wake up this morning and put their pants on their head? I guess. I mean, it, this is absurd. They just uh, wasted our is... time working on aberrant bloodlines. This is what they've done with every DLC thus far, though. They open up items and dinos. For Scorched right. Earth, they opened but up they everything were, at the same time. Up to now, they were smart. They allowed items to be transferred in. That's fine. They allowed uh, Aberrant Dinos to be transferred from between Aberrant servers, though the saddles wouldn't be transferred. That was fine. But now, non-Aberrant versions of the Aberrant Dinos can't come in? Come on! So here's, here's how that happened. They had a few meetings to decide how they were going to limit us from transferring Quetzes and RGs and flyers over to aberration, and this is the solution they came up with. Mm-hmm. Well, it just it just shakes aberration up completely at this point because any tribe that's been playing primarily on aberration are now at a complete disadvantage because of this, and that is completely asinine on the part of Wildcard. But it's it's what they've done every time. Just because they've done it every time doesn't mean they need to do it every time. They need to use some common sense in this. But until it fails so badly that they get enough flack to not do it again, they're going to keep doing it. Yeah. So, on Aberration, the kibble system is not, or was not ever, you know, tweaked to suit or... It's unviable. Unviable, yeah. It doesn't accommodate the, the various dinos that are on there that require certain kibbles, such as the Anki and the Doad need Dilo kibble, but there's no Dilos on Aberration to tame and get the eggs. Yep. So right there, those two floodlines are already off out of uh, at a huge disadvantage compared to all the other maps. Same with the Parasur. No Packy kibble to be had, so you can't kibble tame a Parasur. What else? I mean, those are the three main ones. Those are bad enough, as it? Yeah, those three right there are a huge difference when it comes, especially when it comes to the Pariser and PvP. So I don't know, man. Yeah, it's I I would love to hear the explanation for this one. I really would. Band-Aids. You have a problem, you fix it with a Band-Aid. But what was the problem? The problem is they didn't want to make an aberration version of Dilo, so they didn't. Well, they didn't have to because now we could transfer the Dilo cube onto aberration. Well, sounds like a Band-Aid to me. Eh. Why fix a big problem when you can slap a band-aid on it that temporarily fixes it while you go do something else? Right. Yeah. I, I still don't get why they didn't bother tweaking the kibble system for Aberration before Aberration was released, because that completely blew our minds when it first came out. Maybe the announcement they're coming out with is a revision to the kibble system. Oh, God. Do away with it. Just give us mutton and a, an herbivore equivalent of mutton. I would be happy. I think everyone would be. <laughs> because the kibble system... So, 
back in the day, the kibble system was a godsend to us, where we had to spend hours upon hours tame, berry taming or meat taming or prime meat taming dinos, and everybody wanted something faster, and so we got the kibble, but it's just so convoluted, so extensive it just it gave it gave birth to massive massive egg farms and we don't need these we really don't there's no reason to have them whatsoever yeah you want to cut back on all the lag and stuff like that get rid of the kill system and get rid of the need for egg farms still though i'm having fun on aberration <laughs> save me <laughs> I don't know. I think the verticality of the map is it's still its biggest strength when it comes to dealing with PvPers, raiders, and attackers. And I think that's going to be the number one defense. So if you're looking to set up an aberration, use the verticality to your advantage as much as possible. The Rico? deeper you, mm-hmm. go ahead. The deeper you go in aberration, the less likely you are to get raided. Yeah, this is true. I think the blue zone is probably the best area in the entire map to build in. Because um, invaders will need shoulder pets to keep the nameless off of them. And if they're unable to bring in shoulder pets, they're going to have a hard time attacking your base. Yeah. And once they lose it, it's gone. Yeah. Mariko, you've been kind of solid on the uh, topic of aberration. You got anything to add or opine uh, about? I mean, honestly, I, I'm a little dumbstruck by the stupidity of, uh, of the, the thing. It's literally... I, I don't have words to express how pointless and, and just... I, retarded is just nowhere near sufficient enough to describe this. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm at a loss for words, and I have been for a while now. All right, well, ignore the fact that this has happened. Uh, talk about your experiences so far in aberration since the day you first started playing to now. Um, still in love with it. Still I like love, it. I've loved it. There, it's. By far my favorite map, the verticality of it, the uh, the expansiveness of it, the, the way even after having memorized routes through various places with definable checkpoints, I still have to occasionally reference my map to make sure I'm not lost. <laughs> yeah, it's easy to get turned around in there. It's all, and it's amazing what you still find. The innate danger of everything. And then I decided to be absolutely ruthless to the people playing on my or server and made everything about Aberration worse. Imagine if everything about Aberration you guys have to deal with, but add um, Thylacos, Terror Birds uh, to, the, uh, to the Fertile Lands, add uh, Trudons and Sea Scorpions to, uh, to the Bioloom, and, and just imagine what if I'm at, if those things are being added to those areas, how much worse? What's going to make the element uh, areas worse? Sea yeah. scorpions, really? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, and uh, uh, and caprosuchus. Oh, you're a bad man. Yes, I am. Well, you need to take those capros up because the sarcos are doing that job now. But uh, it's been weird ever since we did our server reset. I I only venture over to uh, to aberration for short get outs I, I i really don't operate off of it and it it's weird how much i absolutely love that map yet and i think it was just my uh i've been away from the island for so long it felt new again when i got back mm-hmm. there so pvp wise would you say it's probably one of the easier maps to defend your base on compared to all the others overall you definitely have a lot more advantages in defense because of when you were building your base, you were going to have to deal with getting the verticality of the area you were in under control. 
Yep. Now that you have, uh, because you had to get that under control, you know the ins and outs of the immediate area surrounding your base infinitely better, and whatever tweaks you've made to it through, um, you know, whatever you've built. So you're always going to have an advantage over the attackers because the terrain is automatically going to make it more difficult. And then mm -hmm. add in the fact that you have customized your defenses to fit that terrain, assuming you're competent, of course. Yep. You and you just—it's just going to be—it's <laughs> just going to make it a more creatively easily defendable place. Of course, if you make bad creative decisions in how you're going to defend it, you're just going to be helping the other guy. But that's always true. Yeah, I try to think of it or look at it from an invader's perspective. I do not want to be the one to attack a base in the blue zone. It's just a logistical nightmare. Even, uh, yeah. I think Aberration's difficulty makes it that much harder for raiders and griefers to decide it's worth the time to try and raid well-established well bases on there. Or other alpha tribes that know what they're doing. Oh, yeah. I mean... It's just, uh, it's probably one of the best maps they've ever made, and it's going to work for whatever it is you're wanting it to work for. Yeah. It's interesting because there was a lot of raiding and griefing for the first half half a week, I'd say, three, four days maybe, when they um, allowed items to be transferred into Aberration, and then it just immediately dropped off for a lot of the servers that I heard, where raiding and griefing just pretty much stopped. And I'm wondering if it's due to the... The map itself. That well, or they wiped all the tribes and it's like, okay, there's nothing here left. Well, look at it this way. It's hard to get on Aberration. It's hard to get off. Mm -hmm. You can't just get away with your loot. It, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Because you're lucky if you can find a drop quickly and then hopefully you, when you find one, you're not waiting for the 30-minute timer to count down. There's nowhere to hide. There's vicious dinos everywhere that want to eat you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if you're a small tribe, check out Aberration. You might do well, and you might prosper quite a bit if you know what you're doing. If you don't, I'd suggest you listen to some of our older episodes where we talk about base building, turrets, all that jazz. There's a place for you called The Center. <laughs> all right, so uh, just a reminder for listeners new and old, we have the new Arc Avenue segment where you can ask us Arc-related questions and ask us for advice. If you do have any, give us your questions in the comment section or in our Discord channel. I'll provide an invite to the channel in the comment section if you would like to chat with us or hang out. The podcast is also available now on iTunes uh, from episode 74 and onwards. So please subscribe to that. And if you would rate and review us, that would be awesome. Because it is now time to close out episode 81 of the Archaeologist Podcast. Thank you to our participants this week, and thank you for listening to us on YouTube. If you have enjoyed this week's episode, feel free to like and share this video and subscribe to the channel. You can also leave comments or questions for us in the comment section below. Goodbye, and stay alive, survivors. Still like seven gigabytes out. Oh, dude, you're gonna be so freaking insufferable when it comes to the Spino. It's really good now. <laughs> See, it's already begun. No, that would just be enjoying the pain in your voice <laughs> if you said that. <laughs>